0: Hey everybody, here at Keep Talking Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a health or fitness related episode because I'm a personal trainer in my spare time, and I'm a total health and nutrition nerd, and I think it's very important for you to focus on your health and nutrition and fitness as well. Now, a lot of Keep Talking's audience is non-native English speaking, and the language in these episodes is often advanced English, but... I'll make sure that I speak clearly and concisely enough for all non-native speakers and, of course, native speakers to understand. All right. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody. Harvard says age-related muscle loss called sarcopenia is a natural part of aging. After about age 30, you begin to lose as much as 3 to 5% of muscle per decade. Or so they say. Dun, 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 dun. Do you believe Harvard? Do I believe Harvard? Do we have to settle for that? Come on, Harvard. All right. Now, I wanted to make this episode because something that's very important for me, right? I'm 34. Well, okay, almost 34. 33, but, you know, be 44 in a couple months. And um, I am gaining muscle, okay? I've been gaining muscle over the past couple years. I've been getting stronger. Now, before I start this... I should say that there is a difference technically between, like I titled the episode, uh, what is it, how to get stronger after age 30, Um, and there is a difference between muscle size and strength, and I believe I've talked about this in other episodes, but it's kind of splitting hairs, so let's just, for purposes of this episode, let's call it the same thing. Get stronger, get more muscle, right, as opposed to do the opposite lose muscle okay everybody hears this you know once we reach age 30 or whatever we gradually start losing muscle okay um now uh there's you know and every article pretty much says the same thing i swear some of these sources they just copy each other you know like they, they just like like WebMD and then harvard and then like national institute of health it's like one person one guy probably sitting in his mom's basement on a laptop writes the whole thing but then they all like make their own little spin of it and then, like, put the quotation marks in some other part of the sentence or something like that. But anyway, like, WebMD basically says the same exact statement, but then they add the important point that it's mostly physically inactive people. Okay, so with physically inactive people, you're more likely to lose muscle and at a faster rate or something like that. But then even, like, it says there too that even if you are active you'll still have some muscle loss and i beg to differ I, <laughs> I i i challenge that assumption okay i'm one who you know if you know me if you listen to the podcast i'm a believer that we can defy aging especially ladies and gentlemen with all the technology we have nowadays Can we really not defy aging in a lot of ways? We can defy aging. Come on, we can do it. I'll get more into how we can defy this aspect of aging in this podcast episode. Um, But anyway, the point is, um, yes, in general, as human beings, like all of the other things and systems that stop working well after a certain age, we do, both men and women, start to lose muscle and lose strength theoretically, uh, each decade, you know, or year by year, whatever, after about age 30, and, and then it speeds up much more even as we get older, supposedly. I mean, some articles will say by like 75, if you're lucky enough to make it that long, then it starts rapidly declining. Um, and by the way, it's, it's this is kind of like, it's the differences between how it affects men versus women is kind of like splitting hairs. I was reading some articles about whether or not it's Uh, You know sarcopenia or muscle loss is faster or more prevalent or happens sooner or later in men versus women and like it's to make a long story short it's similar enough that I didn't feel it was relevant to differentiate between the two sexes here it's like okay well it happens to both slightly different pace there's some different factors whatever but it's kind of the same thing. And the big thing about this, though, is that muscle is important, well, for a lot of different re- reasons. Number one, it's sexy, right? We want some muscle. I mean, maybe we don't want to look like those freaking bodybuilders with veins popping out of their heads. But in general, it makes us look good, and it's very important for our health and longevity. It prevents falls and fractures. I mean, lack of strength... believe it or not is supposedly one of the well not even supposedly yeah like everybody says this this is it's a big uh risk factor for the elderly it's just lack of strength because strength can prevent falls and fractures and oftentimes those are the things that unfortunately lead to i don't have a better word to use so i'll just say the word death um in in older people are falls and fractures and things like that um so, uh, yeah, we, we should be trying, I'm a believer, we should be trying to preserve and even increase our muscle size and our strength as we get older, okay? So, uh, how do how do we do it? Well, lift some weights and eat some protein. Duh, right? Right? I mean, okay, that's kind of a joke, but, well... You know yeah that is that that's a good way to put that's a good that's a, a decent start right I mean it's funny because on one of the websites I was looking at as I was researching this topic a bit more. It is listed, strength training is listed as a primary treatment for sarcopenia. I think it's just like a freaking diagnosis, right? I mean, it's just funny that they list it as like a diagnosis as if it were like leukemia or like some type of specific cancer or whatever. You know, it's not like a specific disease, it's kind of just a phenomenon that we all go through. But anyway, primary treatment, <laughs> strength training. I found that kind of funny. And I'll get into some more stuff, uh you know, towards the end here. But, um, you know and you know what else is funny about this is uh we have this thing it's very common in the US for example to have this term old man strength like you'll hear this among athletes if you have like a group of young athletes maybe high school college athletes and they'll run into like a you know some man who's maybe in his 30s or even 40s they'll say oh yeah when he plays that sport whether it's you know basketball whatever say yeah he's got that old man strength you know he's maybe not that fast anymore maybe not that skilled anymore whatever but he's got that old man strength and it's obviously runs counter to this idea because the idea is that we're you know we're maximizing our muscle mass by the time we're 25 or 30 right that's kind of the time that everyone seems that to think that we're peaking uh is you know in our maybe in our mid to late 20s whatever then after that you start losing muscle mass you get a dad bod and everything like that right uh but then there's this concept of old man strength and i started thinking about this i'm like so why does this exist why why do we have this thing saying like oh yeah old man strength will kick in and so essentially the science behind this Is that basically it it relates to our neurons, our like our muscle memory, and then also just our brain connections. Essentially, that we, well, the muscle memory, remembering doing certain movements, remembering using the muscles in a certain way from so much repetition. uh, That's kind of what leads sometimes slightly older, well, men in this case, old men, strength to appear stronger, to be able to be stronger even though they are getting a bit older. Because just like heavy you know, strength uh, lifting and exercise and power lifting, it is a skill, right? It requires a lot of, of technique and muscle memory and central nervous system um, adaptations, right? Um, so I just found that kind of interesting too because – you know there's the old man strength theory which kind of runs counter to this whole sarcopenia issue uh and one thing i found interesting i was reading an article in men's journal it says as you age this is from brandon roberts who's a doctoral student of blah 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 muscle biology at the university of florida as you age neuromuscular control Uh, Neuromuscular control improves up to about age 55. Then at that point, the receptors required to activate muscle also start to decline. But okay, so neuromuscular control can improve or does improve up to about age 55. Now, that's an interesting point, okay? Neuromuscular control. While apparently muscle mass starts declining, neuromuscular control improves up to about age 55. So make what you want of that, right? Um, But anyway... um, I'll get into you know in, in a in a few minutes here just some of the other like main ways that we can we can get a lot of old man strength we can beat this issue of sarcopenia because like I said for me right now I'm almost 34 and I, you know my strength is better now than than it ever has been and my muscle size in general and all the well you know, all the major muscle groups is bigger than it ever has been. And I've been tracking this over the last couple of years. And now, how am I doing it? Of course, I'm lifting weights properly. Um, I'm, or at least I think properly, better than I have ever before. And I'm eating the right way and, or, you know, better than I have ever before, obviously. And I'm actually sleeping better than I have ever before. Remember those three key points, okay? Now, uh, you know, for example, I can do more weight on the bench press, the squat, the deadlift, all of the major, you know, all of the major lifts, Right? Uh, and also my muscle size the circumference of my biceps because i'm 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 a fitness nerd i measure these things you know my biceps my chest my shoulders uh, are getting bigger and my waist size has not increased okay because you know if our waist size increases well that's not good that's a sign of you know we're leaning more towards obesity and it's a sign of we're gaining fat right um so You know, at least for me to this point, like I am stronger and I'm more muscular and not any fatter now than I was three to four years ago when I turned 30. So I am improving. I know I'm still pretty young in this, you know, decades long quest to defeat sarcopenia, but I believe by doing the right things, I can continue on that path. And by the time I'm 40, I'll be stronger and more muscular than I am now. And hopefully even more so when I'm 50 than when I'm 40, and maybe when I'm 60 than when I'm 50. By then, they're going to have, like, we're going to be able to do whatever the hell we want. Seriously. Technology by that point, I mean, we're going to be, like, going to Mars in 30 minutes by then. No, I don't know. But uh, anyway, okay. So – how do we defeat this sarcopenia and the other things that come with it, right? Because along with it, you know, you have less muscle mass, more fat mass, less bone density, more joint stiffness. I mean, I'm just kind of going off of the the National Institute of Health website here, like all these problems that eventually lead to heart disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity, osteoporosis, all these things that unfortunately kill us, right? Uh, So why does this sarcopenia happen? Like what are the physiological reasons that we start to lose muscle and strength after age 30 in general. Okay, so just going off of webmd.com, they've got like four main bullet points here that I wanted to read through. So the first one is a reduction in nerve cells responsible for sending signals from the brain to the muscles to start movement. And that kind of runs counter to that what that other guy was saying. I'm not sure if it's the same exact thing, but anyway. So I okay. I'll come back to this. Second one is lower concentrations of some hormones, including growth hormone, testosterone, and insulin-like growth factor. Third one is a decrease in the ability to turn protein into energy. And the fourth one is not getting enough calories or protein each day to sustain muscle mass. Okay, so I want to break down these four. Essentially, what it's telling you is in order to maintain or even increase your strength, to do the opposite of what normally happens, you then would need to improve or increase the nerve cells responsible for sending signals to the brain. You need to increase the concentrations of hormones like growth hormone, testosterone, insulin-like growth factor. You need to increase your ability to turn protein into energy, energy, and we need to, well, increase our calories or increase our protein, get enough to sustain muscle mass. I'm not going to say, like, greatly increase your calories because that could go both ways, but okay. So, first one reduction in nerve cells responsible for sending signals to the brain we need to increase the number of nerve cells responsible for sending signals to the brain how do we do that okay well theoretically this is the same type of stuff we would have to do in order to uh well they talk about this all the time what's one thing that can kind of prevent aging and prevent dementia is just exercising our brains right learning new things doing things that require our brain to create new neural connections, right? That could be learning a language, doing crossword puzzles. It could be learning to dance, play the piano, learning anything new, okay? And even this is where cardiovascular exercise, I should probably not talk so much shit about it because another benefit is that it supposedly does have a lot of good benefits for our brain and for the nerve cell signals or whatever the super nerds would would call those things (laughs) in the brain. Uh, So cardiovascular exercise can be good for this, even though I don't recommend a lot of cardio, especially for people trying to build more muscle. Uh, Anyway, another topic for another day. Okay. So then increase the concentrations of certain hormones, growth hormone, testosterone, insulin-like growth factor. Okay. So I think, did I just do an episode? Is it published already? The one about Growth hormone? I think so. Yeah, we did an episode about how to naturally increase growth hormone. And, and the ways that growth hormone is naturally increased are very similar to the way testosterone is naturally increased. Okay. Getting enough sleep, doing resistance training, doing some sort, form of strength training, uh, high intensity interval training can also work well, right? Uh, but these things to naturally boost our testosterone. Now, You'll hear, especially among older individuals or some younger individuals who just kind of want to be stupid sometimes, doing like hormone replacement therapy or getting into, you know, using synthetic drugs to increase our our hormone levels. You know, and then obviously there's steroids and the whole nine yards with that, right? Now, this is something, obviously there's a lot of risks, okay? And obviously, and I'm not just talking about steroids, I'm talking about any type of uh, medicine. So talk to your doctor if you have a real problem problem and are interested in that but there's a lot of natural ways to boost growth hormone and testosterone and yes we are living in a low testosterone epidemic particularly among young males in our society but that's because we sleep like shit we play too many video games we don't eat enough foods and we don't do enough manual labor or resistance training okay we can easily overcome this um decrease the ability to turn protein into energy this one actually hits home a little bit for me because so I do testing with a company called Viome they do what's known as gut intelligence and health intelligence testing and by the way I shouldn't even be able to be considered an expert on this because I've tested my biological age okay you do a blood sample and a stool sample my biological age right now as I'm well 33 and a half when I did the test says 34 like, my cells and my body are functioning the way a 34-year-old's typically function. Um, it was also 34 when I did it a year previously when I was 32 and a half. So, theoretically, I didn't age, I guess, over the past year because I started implementing some of their recommendations, eating more of their recommended foods, which are custom recommended for me. This sounds like a Viome ad. It's not. I swear. I'm not paid by them. But I would like to be. But... Um, Anyway, the point is, the recent Viome testing I did shows some good and some bad with the way my body's working. Uh, one of the things that was not good, and this is what's crazy about it, is that my protein fermentation and digestion, the way my body is digesting protein, according to the blood test, is not very good. It's suboptimal. Okay, What does that mean? That means that I am actually limited in how much muscle and strength I can build. Okay, and And, and maybe this makes sense to me because... Well, while building strength and muscle is typically always a slow process, like muscle doesn't grow on trees. It takes a long time to build a decent amount of muscle. For me, I mean, I've put in a lot of effort, particularly over the last few years, in proper strength training, proper macronutrients, protein intake, Uh, and yes, I have built, I have gained muscle, but it has not been anything that's been easy or fast by any means, so I mean, it kind of makes sense to me that my protein absorption is a bit suboptimal because maybe if it was better, I could have even better results. Now, I've looked into how to improve that. A a big topic you'll hear, a big thing you'll hear is the word enzymes, okay? Digestive enzymes, protease, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can get these as a pill probiotic form as well, or you can get them, you know, they come in in certain nutrients as well. Uh, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head. But the point is, it's about digestive enzymes and the way that our digestive system naturally works to digest the protein, okay, in order to get it to convert into energy right away. So, this is a really, really long topic. I would say, in your case, if you think, for example, that you might not be digesting protein that well... uh, or you have reason to believe that. Well, like what are the signs? In my opinion, one of the biggest signs is just gastrointestinal difficulties. Okay. And we could talk, I've talked on this podcast many times about my gastrointestinal issues and what I've done now to, you know see gradual improvements in them but my theory at this point is that if anything is causing us bad gas bloating constipation diarrhea anything that's wrong gastrointestinally because of a certain food or eating style that means that we are not getting the maximum benefit from it that it should not be that bad i know like a little bit of you know a little bit of gas is normal, and you know, we all poop. We have to do it. But like, if you're having real problems, that means that you're not digesting the food the way that you should be. Okay, So that's when you need to look into this and say, okay, maybe I'm not – I probably am not absorbing the proteins the way I need to. Uh, so look there first. I would say that's – in my opinion, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an expert in this, but like – if you think your body might not be absorbing protein that well, that might be like your first sign or clue, or just absorbing nutrients well in general, is if you're having a lot of gastrointestinal issues, Um, stomach pains, whatever. Now, the last one on here, not getting enough calories or protein each day to sustain muscle mass. Okay, so yeah, theoretically, some people, you know, they say they lose appetite as they get older, and that can be for numerous reasons. Now, not getting enough calories, I don't want to talk too much about like, I don't want to turn this into like a how many calories do you need, weight loss versus weight gain thing, because I've done episodes like that, I would just say when it comes to protein this goes for people of all ages you should probably be doing more than what like the government recommended guidelines are Okay, because it's going to tell you you only need like one gram per kilogram of body weight per day, I'm going to tell you you need closer to one gram per pound Okay. And there, since there are 2.2 kilograms in a pound, I'm telling you to eat like double what the typical like FDA, US government freaking recommendations are for protein. Okay why because i don't think based on the studies and self experimentation i've done that their guidelines are enough for us to maintain and increase muscle mass and even just in general see protein is a protein is very valuable in our diets just because it it also eliminates the cravings—it's—it's it's very satiating. It eliminates the cravings for all the junk that's available out there, and there's a ton of junk that's available out there, and you know it because you, like me, probably also grew up eating hot pockets and pizza rolls and cinnamon toast crunch. Okay, at least the hot pockets probably have a decent protein quantity in them, um, but it's terrible protein. It's—it's it's carcinogenic protein that's all processed <laughs> meats and stuff. But anyway, um, another topic for another day. The point is. Try to get, like if you weigh 150 pounds, try to get definitely over 100 grams, close to 150 grams of protein per day. If you need help tracking it, I've done other episodes on that, but learn to track your protein, if not other... You know macronutrients and total calories you don't have to be that much of a nerd but get enough protein okay And yes, we can argue we can sit here and say, you know Well animal sources are better. They have all the essential amino acids blah 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 Yeah, there's probably truth to that, but however you get it whether it's plant sources of protein protein powders are not bad Okay, I mean they're they're not I don't recommend them all the time. I do use whey protein Um, You know I cycle on and off of it from time to time the point is get just get enough protein get enough protein okay all sources are generally pretty good in their own way um so get enough protein yeah and i mean i think those are those are kind of the most important points now there's some other things here we could talk about about how we want to make sure our vo2 max rate and our metabolic rate are up high enough but essentially in order to eliminate you know or to to reduce sarcopenia or to not have as much muscle loss We need to improve our neural connections, the nerve cells that send signals to the brain. We do that by keeping our brains active, by learning new things, creating, you know, whatever. We need to make sure that our growth hormone and testosterone levels are normal. To do that, we do resistance training, maybe some high-intensity interval training. We make sure we get enough sleep, sleep, sleep. I've done other episodes on sleep. Very important, okay? Um... and the the increasing our ability to turn protein into energy protein digestion can be a tough one, but if you think you have an issue with it, you can do your own deep dive and then just get enough protein in general, okay? Um, And then, you know, another interesting point here is it's like, do older adults need even more protein because apparently we start to to break it down even worse as we get older? So that means maybe I'm really screwed. I'm already digesting it poorly. (laughs) No, but... um, You know, the studies kind of show different things, but in general, there is this idea that older adults need even more protein. Um, It's just another thing to keep in mind. If you are an older adult, you may need even more protein. I mean, aim for like one gram of protein per pound of body weight. If you weigh 150 pounds okay then try to get 150 grams per day if you weigh 200 pounds try to get 200 grams per day and you know some of the longevity experts will say like oh that's too much protein and it can be bad for your kidneys and it can high protein diets can cause cancer i'll debate that okay I'm going off on a tangent now. I was falling into that camp for a little while when I got on a longevity kick. But the reason I debate that, the reason that I debate the the people that say, you know, like, oh, high-protein diets are linked to, you know, cancers and things like that and, you know, all these other health problems is because I bet, I have a theory, okay? And I know they probably do this with control groups and whatever. But, like, my idea is that the people, the studies that have been done, the people that are eating High-protein diets are also generally eating what we might consider a standard American diet. Because the American diet does have a lot of protein a lot of times. It just unfortunately is from, well... It also includes like, you know, Big Mac's fries, like when you get, you know, two double cheeseburgers from McDonald's, the fries that go with it, yes, you're getting quite a bit of protein, that's a high protein diet, but it's also a high trans fat diet, it's it's high in, you know, partially hydrogenated oils, seed oils, vegetable oils, all this stuff that's terrible for you, leads to obesity and these other metabolic diseases and these problems protein itself I mean I suppose there's a limit to everything but I see no reason that that protein as a macronutrient because that's what protein is it's a nutrient it, it is a good thing it is a nutrient that our body needs and yes I know that we can have too much of any nutrient but the point is it is a it is a positive nutrient in our body I see no reason that a high protein diet in and of itself with all other factors you know being good, is a cause for, uh, for a greater likelihood of cancer and other things like that. Um, once again, it's a topic for debate. And, you know, David Sinclair and all these other longevity experts supposedly can debate me on that and they can show me their studies, some of which are done on rats and mice. And we're not rats and mice. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a long topic. It's a long topic, you know. Uh, and if I happen to be wrong on this, well, then I'll probably die at age like 66 in a protein heavy grave and then they can all laugh at me. But, whatever um you know we could also talk all day about amino acids and you know which ones essential amino acids branch chain amino acids blah 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 but let's yeah it's the protein where it's it's too much of a deep dive and the point is get enough protein and don't eat total garbage food Um, I mean, other things that can play a factor are, you know, as we age, our bodies tend to become more insulin resistant, supposedly. But then, uh, here's the thing, because, you know, insulin is an anabolic hormone, okay? So, you know, this is just going off of what I wanted to make sure I got the verbiage right here just from NIH. It's insulin enhances glucose disposal, storage, and oxidation in muscles. It controls the metabolites required in the muscle and is involved in maintaining glucose homeostasis. Okay, that wasn't the best definition. But like, <laughs> anyway, it's not what I was going for. But like, it's an anabolic hormone. So when we become more insulin resistance, resistant, that's not as good. Well, it's obviously not as good for our blood sugar levels and it's not good for building muscle it's just not good at all right now this this is why i say this whole thing is is very holistic okay everything in fitness and health almost everything is holistic in a certain way why do i say that because here we are talking about you know insulin resistance and when people think about insulin resistance they're thinking about type 2 diabetes right and yes that is the main thing that is the main issue that you know insulin resistance that's, that's what it's about right but uh, it's also related to our ability to burn fat and to build muscle. Okay. It's insulin. It's, this is all holistic. Our diet, our insulin levels, the amount of, you know, the types of, uh, glucose, blood sugars, we're including blood sugars, types of sugars we're including in our diet, how our body reacts to it plays a big role in muscle as well. Our sleep affects our insulin levels. Dun, dun, dun. This is all holistic guys and gals. It's all holistic. Okay. um, And, you know, I feel like I've kind of rambled in this episode a little bit, but just to sort of, like, bring it home here, I guess I was going to talk a little bit more about, like, you know, like men versus women. Okay, so, like, testosterone levels in in males drop gradually. They drop gradually, supposedly, once we get to a certain age, probably about the ripe old age that I'm at right now, 33, almost 34. But, like I said, I don't think this has to be the case and I'll make this argument for everything related to quote-unquote aging is it doesn't have to be that way, okay? There's a lot of things we can do, especially with the modern advances in technology and just the ways that we can measure things and the information we have now and how freaking easy life can be. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, Jesus, there are people in this world that still have it like brutal. There are people in you know, Ukraine right now with no food, electricity, and, and can't sleep because they're getting bombed all night and I I don't mean to like make this like I'm not trying to sound like an asshole here like like that's that's terrible like those are conditions that human beings have lived in throughout humanity at different times and most of us in the in the you know first world as we call it nowadays don't have to deal with those conditions okay we live in an optimized world and so yes while historically we we age and in this case testosterone levels drop gradually as we age I don't. I, I challenge the assumption that that has to always be like that. We live in a very optimized world now compared to. Before, yeah, it's not perfect, but like, look at us. We have climate-controlled homes. We can get exactly the amount of food we want. It has the nutrition facts on it that tell us all of the nutrient content, so we can measure how many proteins, carbs, and fats we need to get it dialed in. If you want to, you know, what your body needs. We sleep in a perfect environment if you know how to set it up to get optimal sleep. Humans did not have this throughout hardly any of history. Okay, so I don't think that our testosterone levels need to gradually drop, but they do because we're still stuck playing video games until late at night, and we don't do enough resistance training or manual labor, and we eat like shit still sometimes. Okay, but the point is, I don't think it needs to keep dropping. Now, as it relates to women, we know testosterone is you know important in women as well, but um, there was a point I was going to make about menopause. Um, I mean, so I guess with menopause, when I researched it a little bit, it says menopause isn't really um, like sarcopenia, muscle loss is not really affected by the decrease in estrogens, and, and like you know, there's decrease in estrogens, there's a rapid um, you know what, what is it, uh, estradiol drop, but like that itself, uh, like essentially menopause is not like a huge uh, increaser of if that's a word. Muscle loss, if I was reading the studies right, but don't quote me on this because I'm definitely not like a woman's health uh, specialist. Um, Anyway, uh, just, just once again, like here's what we do. If I confused you in as much as I rambled in this episode, literally like three things, okay, to prevent muscle loss and to even to get stronger as we age lift weights, okay, do proper resistance training. I have other episodes that will talk to you about how to do that, okay. Do some form of resistance training. Lift heavy things. Eat enough protein, okay, and eat whole natural foods as well. Keep our hormone levels as good as possible by sleep. Sleep is like the most important thing, in my opinion, for our hormones and for so much of this. Literally, the answer, like so many other things in the fitness and health space, is Exercise, nutrition, and sleep. That's the one, one, two, three combo. Exercise, nutrition, and sleep. And sleep is, is probably number one, honestly, if I had to put them in an order of importance. Uh, but that's another topic for another day. Like I said, the answer is is holistic, okay? It's holistic. How do, It's just like everything else. It's holistic. You know, those are the three key elements. And then there's some other, you know, little uh, smaller rocks, if you will. But those are the big rocks, okay? Lift weights. It's, it's exercise, it's nutrition, and sleep. All right. <sighs> I rambled a lot on that one, but uh, I hope you found it useful. And I think that's all I got for today. All right. So let's stay strong and get stronger as we age. Defy aging. Screw all these haters. All right. Talk again soon. Peace. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's all make health and fitness a part of our daily lives. Get out there and do it.